We'll fucking we'll do that one again. <laughs> and we are back, ladies and gentlemen. This is Chewing the Fat. I am your host, Johnny, as you know. This week, I have a special friend of mine, Pamela. Now, Pamela has been in the health and fitness industry for quite some time now. And we are going to be discussing, we don't want to use the word pandemic, but the literally the growing issue of, of obesity um, around the world today and what that looks like. Um, I know a lot of people out there are body shaming. A lot of people out there are all for acceptance of different body types, which I agree with. I just think everyone right now has an opinion and most of those opinions are uninformed. So I thought I would have a guess on who knows what the fuck she's talking about when it comes to fitness and nutrition and health and mental health and all that kind of stuff. So Pamela, thank you for being here. Thank you for having me. You know, I'm such a big fan. Yeah, she's a big fan of the show. I'm such a big fan. So it's she, wild. She knows how casual it is. So this is going to be a real fun episode. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself? All right. So my fitness journey, I guess, started really young. Um, I was really lucky to have active parents. So always kind of into sports. Um, every activity I wanted to do, I was able to. So I'm really grateful for that. And I started on the um, fitness path, I guess, in 2008. And it was one of those things. I just thought personal training might be a good side hustle. Mm-hmm. Um, I had always been into sports. I thought I knew what was what. And I can, you know, count reps at a couple of people and put people through the ringer. No big deal. Mm-hmm. And then uh, so I went to get my weekend certification with CanFit. Pro. Is that when you get your, is, is it called the black belt or whatever? What's it called? Like you, so your can fit pro, you get, you can, your personal trainer. Your personal trainer. And it, takes a, and it takes a weekend. doesn't seem like long enough to really. Well, yeah. I mean, person for, to be like just a person, I'm not going to say just a personal trainer, mm-hmm. but to be just a personal trainer, essentially you're learning how the machines work. You're learning basic muscle. Like, what are you learning? In the weekend course, yeah. yeah, it's a very glossed over um, approach to, you will learn a little bit of anatomy. Um, you will learn not so much about the machines. That's a really good point because mm-hmm. they actually don't take you through much of that. Which you think they would if you're going to be using a lot of equipment. Yeah. And mind you, I did this certification work we're in say, you know, 15 years ago, mm-hmm. 12 years ago. So I think that things are always improving, always changing. Like yeah. back when I did it, it was a weekend course and I started working with people. And I was like, wow, like I got no business. Like this is somebody's mother. This is somebody's sister. They have arthritis. They have hosts of different problems. Mm-hmm. So I was going to quit. I was just like, oh yeah, this isn't the gig for me. Like not what I thought it was. I thought it was more of a sporto jockey kind of thing. And it really wasn't. It was It was teaching people how to do push-ups. Or yeah, or listening to, you know, a lot of people come with fat loss issues and mm-hmm. weight loss issues and stuff and a lot of struggles that I just didn't feel qualified. So I was about to quit and then I was you know, had working with a couple guys who really seemed to know what they were talking about. And I got steered onto this really cool education path. One of them was through resistance training specialist, which is out of Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. Another one was muscle activation techniques, which was started by the head athletic therapist of the Denver Broncos. So I chose to kind of study that instead of going back. I thought about going back and doing kin and stuff mm-hmm. like that, but. That, no, when you say kin, you mean kinesiology? That's correct. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. So for, I have a, very basic understanding of what kinesiology is, but is it the study of muscle groups? Mm-hmm. It's a study of, yeah, the, the human, human body. The human body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now, kin, you, kin, kinesis, that's movement. Like, okay. Yeah. Okay, that, that, that makes mm-hmm. sense. Yeah. Now, you said that you were very sporty growing up. Mm-hmm. Was it 
So as being an active youth, was it a lot of sports you were playing? Was it weightlifting? Was it yoga? What was like, what was your jam when you were younger? Like you said, you were very active and very sporty. I was one of those kids that was not great at anything, but not bad at anything. I could kind all, of hold my yeah, own. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I spent a lot of time um, in gymnastics and in dance. Mm-hmm. Um, played some soccer. Yep. Um, could do okay with volleyball, played on school teams, stuff mm-hmm. like that. Like it was kind of a nice, like <clears throat> you could sort of join any team and not, you know, embarrass yourself. You're good you enough know. to get by. by exactly. Yeah, you yeah, never, never stand out player, yeah. but you're good <laughs> that's right. By. Yeah. Okay, well, that's good. And your parents were very supportive. You said they were both very fit. Yep, and active. Yeah, my mom was a marathon runner. Okay. My dad, you know, skier, all that kind of stuff. I was, yeah, I had very active parents. And a big importance was placed on it for sure. I, I think that really, really is apparent um in your later years if you were raised in not even a sporty household but a household that had some sort of emphasis on physical activity mm-hmm. it was the same thing with me growing up i mean my mom my mom was a dancer she did irish dance my mother was not let's say irish dance is yeah. bad ass. it's like great fucking awesome yeah. but my mother was never like a sport person it's mm-hmm. just not who she was i feel like we need to start calling dance a sport like i'm it's extremely you know, like it's the, a full degree, contact sport. Then we'll say it wasn't a contact, <laughs> no contact sport, sport or anything yeah. involving a ball or a net. But the degree of, of athleticism yeah. and you know the fitness that you need to have to be a dancer, is even wild. just the cardio. Like I'd last, I last thirty seconds on a dance floor because my fucking cardio is <laughs> garbage. But um, my dad, though, my dad is very, very active. I mean, up until his his, I want to say his forties, he was playing touch football, like in a, in a men's league. Um, my dad went to Italy for the World Cup of Broomball. You ever heard of Broomball? I have heard of Broomball. So, okay, it's a French-Canadian sport. World, the World Cup. Yeah, the World Cup. He like flew, like played for Team Canada, essentially, in 1997, 90, 90, I think it was around 98. So you were like alive for this. I was alive yeah, for all so I, 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 I wasn't there. It a was pro like, athlete dad. You're stretching the term <laughs> pro athlete because it's fucking broom. I don't think there was even any press or anything. It was like <laughs> it was like a World Cup invitational tournament. I think you had to qualify. This is so long ago that it's not very clear in my memory. I think it's around 98, so it was probably around 12. So I mean, I remember it, but I don't remember the details because we weren't there. But it was over in in France. And my dad went went there, and they. Uh, the France French people did not like his French Canadian French. Let's put it that way. So my dad was very butthurt when he got back Aww. that they were they were not a fan of his French. Um, but I think just being around fit parents or physically active parents or parents that want to put you in sports and all that kind of stuff, it really helps you I think remain active or want to be active in your in your formative and later and adult years just because it's it's something you actually enjoy Mm -hmm. it's very hard to put someone on a physical activity or an athletic hobby who's never done a sport before or lifted a weight or gone for a jog and they're in their late 20s and 30s it's just like um, wildly different working with clients who like different degrees of body awareness and stuff relative to what they've been exposed to in mm-hmm. their life. Like people that have, you know, never played sports or never sort of had in anything, dance, gymnastics, anything like that. Mm-hmm. It's, it's interesting to watch them figure out cues 
you know, when we're going through exercises and things like that, it's almost like a, like a, you know, different neuroscience. It's, it really is. I've noticed, um, I'll see some guys in the gym sometime or some girls, whoever in the gym. And you can tell the people who like actually have no idea what they're doing, even the, their form, it's almost like they don't know how to engage mm -hmm. certain muscles. And it's just like, that's, mm -hmm. how does that even feel right? That's, that's yeah. completely wrong, but they don't know. Mm -hmm. um, well, I've worked with people like I'm going, you know, through, through the years and through the career and stuff where you would tell them, you know, something like, okay, so put your shoulders back or whatever mm -hmm. the cue happens to be. And their brain doesn't process it the same way, right? So it's not that, you know, they're doing it wrong. Like they just can't, they're just, it's kind of like you said, like they like they just have no idea. They did know that that's how their body is supposed so, to move. Or, yeah, right. Do you find that with those particular clients, um, self-confidence is an issue? Like, is it that they don't want to do it because they're afraid of failing or they're frustrated because they sh they think that they should be able to do it, but they can't. Like, what are some of the obstacles that you've noticed? Speaking to that, where it's your you have a client who is I'm not going to say older, but they're they're adults and they just have no physical background. Mm. Um, yeah, it's really really interesting dealing. I, I think that the way that the brain processes movement is very different for everybody. Mm -hmm. And so I think that maybe the way I can answer that is just that it's um, very, very different for everybody. Mm -hmm. When people talk about correct form, right, that needs to be relative to the individual and their individual mechanics. Interesting. A very good example of that is a squat. When you tell someone, don't put your knees over your toes. If you have femurs, which is the long leg bone, yeah. that are particularly long relative to other mechanical stuff going on in the body, your fucking knees are going over your toes. Yeah. That's not something that can be helped, mm -hmm. right? And that's, you know, how you have to maintain your center of mass and things like that. So there are no rules of exercise. There's only rules of the body. So if someone's not doing something, you know, I'm gonna make the air quotes right. Yeah. I wanna look at their mechanics. How much can a squat again, returning to that example, how much can their foot bend back? Mm -hmm. Do you know? Because if that foot can't bend back, then they're not gonna get into the hole or get they're to not, the bottom yeah, of that yeah, thing, yeah, right? Yeah, if they've grass. got a longer torso or longer, you know, you have to look at this as per person. And what's the goal of the squat? Why the hell am I getting to do that anyhow, mm -hmm. right? So I think that that's something in the fitness industry that this whole idea of correct form has to be looked at individually. It's, it's funny that you're saying that because it just, the whole time you were talking about that, it just reminded me of in gym class in high school when you had to do your fitness tests. And that was like, that set the bar. <clears throat> like that set the bar if you were considered fit or not. There was stuff like the beat test and there was where there was that box, that metal box where you had to stretch mm -hmm. forward and you had to push and see how far you could stretch. Mm -hmm. And then the vertical test, we had a test and I don't, I've never understood it thinking back on it where literally <clears throat> you were on a chin up bar and you didn't do a chin up. You had to hold yourself for 60 seconds yeah. and that determined fitness. Mm -hmm. Can you imagine how different it would be to hold yourself? right? Mm -hmm. If you had really, really long arms versus really, really short arms, mm -hmm. or whether you had, you know, like you, you know, if you had more weight on the bottom versus on top, like these tests are super arbitrary, mm -hmm. right? 
and they're not taking and you know we love this we love generalities yeah. we love protocols that's the way well, it's we easy. work it's right? easy right and that's what the way that we work but it's for me like i work one i have the opportunity to work one-on-one -on -one with people which mm -hmm. i love and that's why because it's nobody is the same everything is everyone is and literally creating different. ways for people to get stronger that are not going to violate their um unique you know settings right mm -hmm. like their their mechanics and their settings like you know you get someone that is just you know i shouldn't only say disproportionate but who has different proportions that don't mm -hmm. lend itself to however that exercise is created yeah. you keep beating down on these bones in a certain way like it's you know you're gonna come up injured it's it's just funny because we don't look at it that way like we really really don't look at it that way we have these standardized or generalized oh, just do it it's, it's fucking it's, the slogan you know just and go it does and do it. it doesn't make any sense because for some people like you said whether it's let's say a longer torso or short legs or long femurs or double jointed elbows mm. there's just there's there's certain things that certain people can't do mm -hmm. and to try and normalize or like generalize or set a bar that is just when everyone is so fucking different, it just doesn't seem to make sense. We could touch on a topic where it's the same thing with education, right? I mean, it's to have yeah. standardized tests and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. It doesn't make any sense. We know what we know now is that literally everyone is different. Everyone has different ways that they succeed, different ways that they fail, different strengths, different weaknesses. And then coming back to this conversation, it's the exact same thing with everyone's individual body. Mm -hmm. And to to make people feel bad because they can't perform a certain task mm -hmm. is is not going to make oh, them want to be. It's not going to make them want to be healthy, yeah. or it's not going to make them want to participate or be active. Mm -hmm. It's going to do the opposite. It's like, well, if I can't do it because this is the right way, and if I can't do it the quote unquote right way, then I'm, why the fuck am I bothering to do it? Correct. Yeah. Um, I know that. For a lot of people, um, a big part of that is is the the pressure or the bullying they feel. Mm -hmm. um, speaking to people who are quote unquote disproportionate or don't have the a, a beautiful body in the eyes of modern society. Um, I was bullied when I was young. It was never like it was never that I was picked on every day, but I was always I still am a, a very hard gainer. So an ectomorph. I mean, ectomorph, skinny, like I think so. Skinny is, is mm -hmm. ecto is skinny, mes ecto mesmomorph, and endomorph, and endomorph. Ecto endomorph is is large, mm -hmm. and mesmorph is like, is, like mid, middle. is middle. Yeah, it's middle. I'm pretty sure <laughs> that's what it is. Like pretty it. sure that's what it is. Either of us should know that. <laughs> Shit. Well, maybe we'll edit that out. But whatever. It is what it is. But again, because um, again, it's just categorizing people once again, right? We'll get into the internals and body function in a little bit. Mm -hmm. But um, I was always a very, very, very skinny guy, and I was very insecure about it because it's like, oh, you're like, why are you so skinny, or like, why can't you put on weight? Why aren't you eating? Like, mm -hmm. oh, just work out, or just do this, do this, do this. And it wasn't until my mid 20s that i met gym buddies or fitness people that were like okay well what works for your body like what feels like the mind muscle connection for you mm -hmm. yeah. what is an exercise that you enjoy doing and all that kind of stuff and then when you start to enjoy it that's when you start to see the results mm -hmm. and you're doing it in your own way at your own pace 
and once again for your own body type. And we don't stick to things that we're not good at. No, right? it's so the human. It's the human so, condition. Like that makes me smile. You're lucky that you came across gym buddies that were mm -hmm. like, "What feels good for you?" Because most people don't. Like we're so good at creating cults. Um, you know, like around fitness, like I'm a yoga person, I'm a this, mm -hmm. and it looks a certain way and it has to be this. And it's, it's not like it's, mm -hmm. it should be about you and about your body and super personal. But it's so easy to make it about everything else, mm -hmm. to make it, to, to package it. We love it, to, we love to, to package belong it. to stuff. Yeah, too, yeah right? to package like, it, right? Yeah. I mean, you can't go to this yoga class unless you're wearing yoga pants. Mm -hmm. It's like, like, what the fuck, who cares? I can wear fucking sweatpants. Or basketball shorts. It's yoga. It's not about what the fuck I'm wearing. Mm -hmm. Or you, you can't go to the gym. You know, you should be you should be deadlifting without a belt. You need a belt. <laughs> yeah. It's like, uh, I get it. But I mean, for me, like, I don't need a fucking belt. It's not saying that I'm going to lift heavier. Mm -hmm. Maybe I don't want to lift heavier. Maybe I just want to deadlift to be healthy. Maybe or to have, hurts. Yeah, like, <laughs> it's so easy to package and sell things. Yes. And like you said, turn them, in, uh, turn them into a cult. Mm -hmm. Um, and exclusion, and then that creates exclusion. Yeah. Right? Exclusion is very profitable because everyone wants to pay to belong. To belong, that's right. Everyone wants to be part of that club. Did you know anyone struggling with weight or had weight issues when you were growing up? Yeah, there was, I would, yeah, there was always, you know, a bigger kid or mm -hmm. stuff like that. But for the most part, like my group of friends, they were hockey players, they were the jock kind of people that were mm -hmm. around. Yeah, and then there was, and yeah, like the kids that were bigger, they always got picked on, for sure. When you, okay, so then when you saw that when you were younger, before your wealth of knowledge now, and you saw a larger person, mm -hmm. quote unquote, a fat person, mm -hmm. what did you, what did you feel? Was it like, why are they so big? Like, like, why don't they work out or making assumptions about, on their diet? Like, I mean, you guys, kids are fucking mean. Right. Kids are really, really mean. Like, I mean, speaking to what I went through, you know, it wasn't that, you know, there were songs made up about me. Like, it wasn't that I was like the super skinny, weird, awkward guy. Like, I mean, I was afraid to take my shirt off at the pool and I wore like baggy jeans. Like, even in the summertime, I wouldn't wear shorts because my I was so subconscious about my skinny legs Aww. or I used to wear those big thick leather banded watches because I hated my skinny wrists or like a like a tennis sweatband on my wrist on my skinny wrist so I was very very insecure but the bullying wasn't horrible I do remember like you do the bigger kids it was more more often the bigger kids than the skinny kids but like kids are fucking cruel oh yeah like fatty fat 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 mm -hmm. The harshest, <clears throat> the harshest shit, and they don't realize the damage that can be done, even at a young age. Mm -hmm. And I mean, this is like when you're told you're fat, you're nothing, or you're skinny, you're nothing. You, you, you know, don't even try fatty, blah blah blah. Go on a diet, you're disgusting. You really think that that's going to affect someone in a positive mental way, whether they're six never, years old yeah. or sixty? Like, mm -hmm. yeah, I never had that experience. I was mm -hmm. always. But the assumption would have been that they were eating too much, mm -hmm. right? Like as a kid and not really knowing anything. Mm -hmm. I was I, I was an empathetic kid. I kind of had the group of friends that, you know, was kind of everywhere. I wasn't the name caller. I wasn't the leader of the pack. I wasn't, mm -hmm. you know, but I was not the one stopping it either. Well, right? yeah, because you don't want to. Yeah, but that would have been the assumption that, yeah, they ate too much without knowing, you know, anything else. So knowing what you know now, 
-hmm. I mean, I sent you on Instagram the profile of that guy. Mm -hmm. um, and he's got his very blunt views. There's a, there's a guy on Instagram that um, was brought to my attention and I shared it with Pamela. Essentially, he's saying that, the, you know, fat shaming, there's, there's no such thing as fat shaming. You know, you're just eating too much. Um, you don't have any excuse. Like you, you, you have all the power within yourself to change it. It doesn't matter if there is a thyroid problem or you have hereditary fatness in your in your family or all that kind of stuff. And he made some good points on certain things, but I'm gonna I'm gonna pass it over to Pamela just because she has a better understanding of body mechanics and on a cellular level, essentially every body is different. Mm -hmm. So tell us. What are your thoughts on that? Well, give me like the, like the, is it sort of like a question? Like, can you be fat without eating too much? Essentially, yeah. One of his points is you're just, that you don't eat less, just eat less. Oh, okay. So yeah, there is going to be, when you have gotten to a point where you've, where you're have an excess of body fat, mm -hmm. where you're potentially obese, it's going to be more than or it's potentially, it can be more than just to eat less, exercise more. There can be metabolic damage. There can be, as you mentioned, thyroid disruption mm -hmm. and all sorts of factors that are preventing um, just that one piece, that sort of eat less, um, exercise more thing might not be the only thing that can um, help you out or mm -hmm. make you, um, or get you to lose that body fat. Mm -hmm. Once you're at that point. So, yeah, that's pretty, that's pretty black and white. I mean, that, that makes sense to even mm -hmm. the common person. Like it's, right, can't, it can't yeah. be that simple. Yeah. It can't be just that simple. Certainly not when you're at that point where you're already, you know, classified as obese yeah. or you've done some damage to your metabolic systems or your hormonal processes and things like that. Okay. It can be a lot much like way bigger scope than just this whole eat less. Now speaking thing. on that term that mm -hmm. you just use obese mm -hmm. now. There are, and I've done a little bit of research, there are people out there that consider the term obese as a slur. Mm -hmm. Where is it, is it not a medical term? Isn't obese not a medical term? I understood it to be as well. Mm -hmm. um, but I'm kind of of the opinion, if it offends you, I probably will call you that. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think that, yeah, like it's sort of like, you know, when you said fatty fat fat fat, yeah. like, it's like when you start to use those words in a certain way like when I you weaponize when you weaponize, weaponize when you weaponize a yeah. word mm -hmm. agree any word but i mean my point is that any word could be weaponized right yeah essentially so i mean i don't think it's possible to go through life without offending somebody well that's right yeah and the argument some of the arguments that this this guy was making is that it should be more important to to take a look at some of the hard truths than it then you should be worrying about like offending someone for a medical term. Mm -hmm. So what would you consider, what would you consider obesity? Like what would you like, what to you is, is an obese person? Well, what obese um, is 
from to the best of my understanding, obese is classified by body mass index, okay. which is a measurement based on height and weight. Mm-hmm. Um, so and circumference of you know your body, the BMI measurement. Mm-hmm. Now, what the BMI measurement doesn't take into account is body fat percentage. Mm-hmm. So I've worked with bodybuilders over the year that are over the years that are five eight and you know close to three hundred pounds. Yeah. Um, so their BMI their, their, would be their BMI would be extremely would be, obese. So yeah, right. I, I'm the yeah. same way. So yeah. when I'm quote unquote training mode, or I gotta be big for for an audition for a Viking or some kind of shit like that. Like I need to be in around 240, 250 pounds at six five. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm not. I'm in decent shape. Like I'm not a fat guy. But when I step on my like my Remfo scale that measures my diagnostics, all that stuff. Two forty six five put you at a weight. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it puts me. It puts my BMI at I think thirty one. Holy jumping. Yeah. yeah. Wow. And it's just like. Mm-hmm. I'm, I've, seen, I've, never, I've never used BMI mm-hmm. ever in the history of my ever, <laughs> like in mm-hmm. personal training, in doing assessments. I have never, ever used it. We've always had those, you know, those sort of like drug machines yeah, that yeah, all, yeah, like yeah. claim to know your body fat. They're not the most accurate, but it's numbers, right? So, but yeah, I've never used BMI. Yeah, it just didn't make any sense to me because a buddy of mine put me on one of these scales um, and he's like, it's amazing. You can track all your... You, know, you can track your body fat percentage, your goals. It's connected to your phone. You track all this. You measure your calorie intake, all that kind of stuff. So that's amazing. So I tried it out, and I bought it when I was at a point where I was in really good shape. And I was like, "What the fuck?" It says I'm obese, and I was like, "This doesn't make any sense." And I mean, my my body fat was fine, my my weight was fine, but in red, my BMI is it was yeah. like sitting at 31, which is obese. And I was just like, yeah. this isn't, this is fucking ridiculous. It's another one of those generalities, I think, you know, mm-hmm. the blanket statements, the general stuff. And I just, in, in fitness and in my world, like I don't live there. Okay. You know? So could you, would you quant, would you be able to quantify um, the amount of fat or the amount of extra, excess weight someone has so for what, obesity? Well, the measurements that I've worked with, Right, is that you know that electrode machine? We got the body fat percentage. They'll always tell you um, areas of a healthy body fat percentage and areas of an unhealthy body fat percentage. Yeah. So for women, it's a little bit higher. For yeah. Men, it's a little bit lower. You've yeah. sort of seen those numbers, and they they vary, right? Like I'm not going to get into too. I think it's numbers. guys. It's like twelve to eighteen. It's, it's something okay. like that. Women, women is fifteen to, to, to twenty-five, something like that. that. Yeah. So I've always worked with those numbers, and in the history of my career i think i've only ever worked with one obese person and that was mm. someone who was 500 pounds plus at, yeah you know at like five foot 10 or 11 or something yeah like that's that. a big so, person yeah. yeah for sure right and that's and anybody yeah anybody else i've not you know there's been overweight but not something that i would consider obese but mm. i mean you know i haven't looked deeply at the definition i know that's correlated to bmi and i think that's why i sort of wrote it off mm-hmm. now do you think that just like it's possible for someone who appears to be in great shape to be extremely unhealthy. I was one of those the people. Same, the same can be said where that person does not look healthy at all. But in fact, internally, it's like they're they're in fantastic shape. You made a point earlier we were talking before we recorded where you have you have a fit body, but because you were a smoker, mm-hmm. you may have terrible lungs. Mm-hmm. Or someone who may look like they're not in great shape but they've never smoked a day in their life. They, and their they lung health would be better. Lungs. Yeah. And I mean, that's what, you know, I think to to the point was just that, what are we defining health as? Yeah. If we're going to talk about health, what are we actually looking at? Again, with the sort of general stuff. But mm-hmm. Yeah. So what would you consider to be 
what would you consider to be a, a healthy adult? Like in, in weight? In, in everything, in everything. Just give me, we have like, we're, we're, this picture is painted for us of what a healthy person should look like. Like for, we all have like an image, in, my, you have it in yours, yeah, of course, because yeah. you're, you're, you're knowledgeable, so, like you so my, just have a my, better understanding. A, like my opinion overall of what a healthy- Absolutely. Yeah, okay, I mean, maybe someone who has, you know, some healthy relationships in their life, maybe somebody that for the most part eats, you know, whole unprocessed foods, someone who, you know, has good connections in their life. I mentioned relationships, mm -hmm. but good social connections, someone who's moderately active, mm -hmm. you know, and that could be walking, that could be, you know, maybe um, doing a few strength training type of things so that their bones are healthy, that their muscles are healthy. But yeah, I think it looks to me like moderation. It's so funny that the first thing that came out of your mouth was healthy relationships. 100% connections, and yeah. It's, it is so undervalued. I think it is so undervalued, um, the mental aspect of health and what it means to be a healthy person. Mm -hmm. um, we're so concerned with, with looking good and we're nowhere near concerned enough about feeling good. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, it's so, it's, it's getting to the extremes. Like, I mean, there'll always be steps that people will take further, but the looking good has reached a point like with, with your social medias and your plastic surgeries and your fashion mm -hmm. and your cars and your, your tangible, like mm -hmm. your tangible, your things, mm -hmm. things that you collect, things that you buy, things that you flaunt. Wherein what really fucking matters is like what's going on inside your own head, mm -hmm. what's going on inside the connections you're making with other people. Mm -hmm. You look great. You look great. You're healthy. You look great. But your fucking mind is... But I think that we have to stop to a certain degree separating them as well. Mm -hmm. Because the function of your mind and your ability to connect with people, it is dependent on mm -hmm. what you eat and how that's, you fuel yourself. That's what, I, and, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, it has to be all of it. It has to be all it, yeah. encompassing. And, you know, and, and it works like it's a, it's a circle, like or infinity sign, how we mm -hmm. want to see that, is that, you know, you what also what you consume in terms of you're talking about you know social media and what you see like my feed isn't like that anymore yeah i don't have that like it consciously right like what i consume you know you are what you consume i i think so, yeah to a large yeah You are what you consume. You are what you consume. We're gonna, we're coming back to that point right now. And I mean, or what you consume has a profound effect on who you are mm -hmm. and how you show up in this world. And consumption, I think, just to reiterate that point, we're talking about not just food. Not just no. Food. We're talking yeah. about yeah, what like, you see, who, who you surround around, you with. Yeah, what you watch, what you're scrolling through, what you're reading. Yeah, what you're putting in you, what you're putting into your body. Yeah, and it's not just food and drink. Yeah. It's information. It's energy. Mm. All that and kind just, of stuff. Like recognizing that you're not like, you're not a machine. You're mm -hmm. not a vehicle. Like you're an organism, right? Yeah. Like, but people seem to separate the two. Yes. Which... I mean, in mental health and physical health. No, like everything's, you know, it's. <laughs> Everything is, is all important, but yes. people, people don't realize that. Um, so I really do think that a big part of, <clears throat> the issue 
with obesity. I will say there is an issue with obesity. People are well, getting. We know that statistically. We know, we know that. that. We know it's yeah. only getting worse. Um, I think a huge part of that, because I'm guilty of it, more often than not, is is the, the ability, the ease of the ability to indulge in things that are not healthy for you. Mm-hmm. And I mean, cool. It's you know we indulge in lots of things that aren't healthy for us mentally. But I'm talking about the physically right now. Um, you can at four o'clock in the morning, you can hop on Uber Eats on your phone and get a fucking extra large pizza. Well, I'll add to that too, just by saying that the, like, you know, if we talk about kind of sort of food being an addiction, which is, you know, absolutely, it is. absolutely, yes. it is. Um, you know, the stimulus in our world driving us to escape because addiction, you know, can be perceived as an escape mechanism, like, you know, shutting down, binge drinking, binge eating, you know, binge watching your shows so that you don't mm-hmm. have to think or you don't have to feel or well, whatever. Yeah, it is. you're just numb. You're numb. Anything you're to numb, numb yourself. Out. Anything yeah. to numb yourself. So not just the ease of access, but the reasons to numb yourself, right? And food being one of the things that it's it's not the same as you know being a junkie on the street kind of thing. It's not. I think happen. it is. It, it, I, the addiction mechanism. Uh, yeah. Yes. I think it is. But I'm just like I'm I'm saying that when you're you're going to be more capable <clears> if you're a, an overeater. Mm-hmm. Right, of functioning in your life than you are if you're heroin dependent. Well, but, yeah, yeah, right? <laughs> yeah, and I mean, you're going to be looked at a little bit differently in society. And I think that that's why food is such an easy addiction to fall into. Yeah, I think. Well, yeah, I think with especially with food too, it's it's not your first fucking Big Mac. Right. It's your five hundredth. Yeah, that's yes. the fucking problem. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With heroin, like your first hit. <laughs> yeah. Your first hit, that's a fucking problem. You know about the, uh, you know about the rats and the cocaine, right? Do you know what this there was a te- There was a test. There was, yeah, it was an experiment. Yeah, that, okay, I've heard of it. Walk us through it. I'll just, yeah. I mean, I don't know all of the specific details. And we got to be careful with studies because there's lots yeah. of variables. But essentially, they got a bunch of rats addicted to cocaine. Okay. And, you know, they couldn't get the rats off of cocaine. They introduced other, you know, stimulus and other things that they were trying to get the rats away from food, whatever. They were trying to get the rats away from cocaine. The only thing that the rats would choose over the cocaine was sugar. So once they started introducing sugar, the rats would forego whatever um, addiction and dependency they had on the cocaine and turn to the sugar. That doesn't doesn't surprise me one bit because, I mean, I, like, I love sugar. Mm-hmm. And I mean, for someone where food or sugar candy is their drug mm-hmm. like well, yeah i can understand the high the rush mm-hmm. like you know p- picture your favorite candy bar like you literally like you, you feel it in your body mm-hmm. when you take that first bite of your favorite like for me it's coffee crisp like mm-hmm. it, i could go years without having one mm-hmm. but that first bite into a coffee crisp it's, it feels oh yeah it feels your you feel in your body it's just like oh i feel so warm and happy the world is beautiful. Now picture if like that is your fucking addiction. Mm-hmm. If food is your means to escape or make yourself physically feel better, yeah. then of course it's going to become an issue. Of course. Yeah. And what is more readily available than not is food, food. that is yeah. fucking shit for you. Mm-hmm. Garbage for you. There's nothing wrong. There's there's nothing wrong with spending half an hour and making yourself a nice pizza from scratch mm-hmm. with fresh vegetables and healthy ingredients and a home-cooked meal that's not unhealthy but to order a fucking extra large domino's deep dish that is all processed shit Mm -hmm. 
and you're sitting on your ass, not doing anything, and it's literally brought to you, and then eat, toss the box, and repeat. Mm -hmm. Like it's once, once again, that's combining what we said in the last segment, the mental and the physical. You're not having to physically do anything and you're getting your fix and you're getting your fix at the same time. So it's your, your mental health and your physical health are both being fucked with at the exact same time. It's so, it's so cool you bring that up. You know they, that your body will, it's, there's studies that have shown that your body will actually process food differently depending on you know who you're, because your stress, your stress response system, so mm-hmm. who you're eating with, um, preparing the food, like you said, your body will actually process the food different, like different really? enzymes released, yes. So um, same with, um, it, it is different, it's different, like, it's, it's the same, I'm repeating the same thing that you just said, mm-hmm. it's different when you, um, you know, bake a cake for your friend's birthday and you mm-hmm. go over there and you all celebrate and you all eat it together and you have that piece of cake, mm-hmm. you know, it's different than sitting in your bed, binging out to yeah. some, you know, um, what do I want to say? Um, McCain's like, you know what I mean? Deep, McCain, deep, yeah, deep, <laughs> right? deep and delicious. Deep and I could fuck up a whole McCain deep and delicious. That, if that came out right. of the freezer, it wasn't and going back You're going to likely do that if you're on your own using it as a yeah. means to kind of escape, you know, right? As opposed to being out with people, like again, with the connections, right? But, but yeah, but once again, that's not just the food. It's mm. everything, everything else, else that you're taking in as well. Right. It's everything else. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're saying studies have been done that shows that your body actually releases different chemicals mm-hmm. and processes it differently depending on your emotional state mm-hmm. and your surroundings. That's fucking wild. Mm-hmm. Now, does it make sense? Of course, mm-hmm. of course. You mean a lot of a lot of genuinely very happy people that I know are healthy, mm-hmm. not just in body but in mind as well. Mm-hmm. Like you see a lot of fit, smiling people who are great. They're in a fantastic mood. They quote unquote got their life together and all that kind of shit. It's like more often than not, they're in good physical shape because their mental is also good. Now I also know a lot of people who aren't doing so good, people who are depressed or people who have a lot of demons they haven't faced or people that are not living necessarily the the most healthy lifestyle mentally. Most of the time, physically, they're not in great shape either. Mm-hmm. So the correlation between the two, it, it's at the point now where it just simply can't be fucking ignored. Right. But we're not taught that. Um, you know, and that needs to start being. It, absolutely, it start, absolutely. Yes. I mean, there should, you should be taking, if you're taking kinesiology, take fucking psychology as well. Just, or something to balance it and out. And just from a really, really young age, just giving kids a better sense of their mind-body connection, yeah. or their or a better sense of their bodies. Like, yeah. I mean, I grew up in a Catholic school. Like, that was not, your body was not, part, you, you're, it's all of your soul, right? Yeah, it's all your I, soul. yeah I went to Catholic and school. body well. was very, it, it wasn't, like, mm-hmm. you know, it wasn't emphasized. Like, yeah. it wasn't, it's be, you know, be good, do good, be good, do good. Yeah. Not, not, never feel good. Yeah. It was be good, do good, be good, do good. Never, Pamela, do you feel good today? Yeah. It's what did you do today? you know, for our Lord Jesus Christ, Christ Lord and yeah. Savior Jesus Christ. It's like, what about me? Yeah. Like, what the fuck? What have I done for me today? And you know, to, to the point though, like if you don't take care of yourself, mm-hmm. you, you can't serve Jesus Christ or whoever. Yeah, or, or anybody, <laughs> anybody, anybody else. else. Yeah. yeah. It's like, like Mama RuPaul says, like, you don't love yourself, how in the hell are you going to love, love somebody, somebody else? else. Like, oh, Mama Ru. And Mama Ru. It's fucking, it's fucking true. So yeah. I have a question and I hope you know a little bit about this at least. Um, gut health. Mm-hmm. So, 
over the last couple of years, um, I've had discussions and heard people talk about the importance of gut health mm-hmm. and where what you're putting in your body physically mm-hmm. can manifest different ways mentally and emotionally. Mm-hmm. So can you speak a little bit about gut health? Yeah, I think that... Um, and the importance of it, sorry. Yeah, I think that the thing that um, I understood when the gut... Because something always gets popular. Something mm-hmm. always is the thing, right? So when the gut health stuff started coming out, um, the thing that I understood was that we're getting more familiar with the bacteria in our gut and we're seeing that that's, that's its own... There's a whole microbiome in there. Mm-hmm. Um, that affects the rest of the body. We've always been very brain oriented, mm-hmm. but there's an there's an enteric nervous system. Like there's another nervous system in there's the an, gut sorry, as well. An enteric it's called nervous the enteric system? nervous system. Okay, yeah, which resides in the gut and is. Um, I'm really open to anyone correcting me on mm-hmm. stuff that mm-hmm. I'm listening to because my um, biology terminology um, is going to be off a little bit. But okay. to the best of my understanding, there is a whole microbiome um, of different bacteria that affects how the brain sends out messages mm-hmm. right which is makes sense right does that sort of i think that that's relatively new and that's why the importance is being placed or why there's emphasis being placed on mm-hmm. the gut because what you consume is having an effect on the way that your um brain is sending messages the way the brain is receiving messages like i think for a long time we might have thought it was this one-way street like brain messages out but the brain also receives feedback from everybody mm-hmm. else from the muscular system, from, you know, even contractions and stuff like that. Like that's my world is muscles. So the brain's receiving feedback as well and orchestrating all this stuff. So I think that what has been discovered over the last little while is that there's this entire environment that interacts very um, intimately with the brain and has a very big effect on hormonal processes Mm -hmm. and and things like that. A lot of the, a lot of the, the good personal trainers that I know or that I follow they do talk a lot about gut health and the importance of it and the fact that is it's not a relatively new science but a relatively new understanding understanding correct yeah um and I think lots of stuff is always around for a lot yeah, longer than we know exactly. but yeah and we and just and things get published and things get put out in the media and then there's marketing attached to that as well too because so now it's this is good for your guts so mm-hmm. well everything yeah at the end of the day if you can make a buck off something somebody <laughs> will somebody will find a way to do it um, something else, and we'll get into we'll get into more of the obesity stuff. Um, what I've been noticing is becoming more and more popular, and more and more fucking extreme is um, fasting and intermittent fasting. Mm-hmm. I remember hearing about it a few years ago. I mean, it's been around once again for a long time, mm-hmm. but it became popular a few years ago, mm-hmm. and people were doing like the 12 and 12 mm-hmm. like you don't eat for 12 hours and then for 12 hours you can eat essentially whatever you want kind of stuff but i'm seeing on some people's social media accounts people are doing 18 hour fast 24 hour fast, 36 hour fasts mm-hmm. and i mean a lot of these people are quote unquote fitness people so they're in fantastic shape but can 36 a 36 hour fast actually be good for you i think that it depends on who you're talking to Right. I think that it's to your point. I think that a lot of, um, you know, there was a big, I want to call them like biohackers, mm-hmm. you know, like that sort of movement where they were really starting to get down to nitty gritties and, you know, um, try to find things out of bio, biohack basically. Or mm-hmm. whatever it is. Um, there's no shot that I would tell, you know, a, a client of mine that 
yes, 36 hours of fasting is going to be great it for you. It just seems like... Um, but, I mean, it does... There is a lot of studies showing the benefits of... Um, of of intermittent fasting. Longer durations of time without food. I, I hate when, you know, things get, like, intermittent fat. It's yeah, got a label yeah, on yeah, it and yeah, it's all this yeah. thing. It's longer durations of time without food. And there's studies shown that there are benefits to that. And the 12 and 12 and 8, I think what was big for me with that was I grew up in, I grew up, but I came into my career sort of in the bodybuilding world. Like that's what mm -hmm. I did. You had to eat eight meals a day. Yeah. You had it. Like, well, yeah, no yeah. some of the big guys that, mm -hmm. you know, when, when I'm training or like when I'm like, I need to be big and you be big, I'm doing like 5,000 calories a day. Right. And doing two, three hours in the gym of heavy fucking lifting. There's no way that I could go 36 hours like i mean i've done points where i was doing a 12 and 12 mm -hmm. and i mean at certain points it sucked but it was very fucking doable but 36 hours like a day and a half mm -hmm. with no food it just seems like oh my god but if you were in depending on what your sport was or mm -hmm. whatever right like if i i look sort of back on the bodybuilding if i'm like if i was cutting like if i was you know looking to maybe that's and i could tolerate that mm -hmm. i don't know um, but what was huge was that I think that um, there's a lot of bleed over between sport and fitness. They're two very different things, mm -hmm. right? Sport isn't necessarily healthy for you. It's generally a sacrifice of the body for mm -hmm. a goal or whatever. Um, but there's a lot of bleed over and this whole notion that you had to eat every three hours in order to keep your metabolism going, like that's been disproven. Yeah. And what was nice for people, uh, some people who found a really big struggle, they thought in order to be fit, they had to Tupperware all their food up and eat eight times a day. Yeah. But it's like, you know, no, you can be healthy. You don't have to, you don't have to eat breakfast. It, I, you know, like that's not the healthiest thing. Entire I, yeah, I don't eat, I don't eat, I don't right? usually like, wake you, up in the morning, but I don't eat You can eat breakfast. two larger meals a day, whole unprocessed food, you mm -hmm. know, like good food choices still. But you can eat two to two meals a day, three meals a day, and you're going to be all right. Like, yeah, yeah I'm, re I'm doing a lot of reading on stuff mm -hmm. where, there was uh, the older school of thought was that like, you know, if you want to, if you want to build muscle or if you want to be a big guy, have a peanut butter sandwich every hour on the hour, you need to hit, you know, you have to be constantly intaking calories and protein, blah, blah, blah. And then the newer school of thought is to say, you know, as long as you're hitting your numbers, mm -hmm. as long as you're hitting your protein or your you calories, you also have to do what is good for you, your individual, like your individual, body. and you have to be okay with trying stuff. Yeah. Like I've noticed over the course of my career. Is this healthy? Is this right? Is this, I'm like, you know what? Why don't we give one thing a try yeah. and see how you feel? Like I, I typically like to eat every, you know, couple of hours. I'm a bit of a grazer. I prefer that. Like it's, you know, and it's not like, oh, you have to intermittent fast. That's mm -hmm. the way. Well, no, I don't really feel good. Yeah. Or like, no, you, the only way is to eat those eight meals a day. Well, no, it doesn't make me feel good. Like be okay with asking yeah. yourself those questions and tuning into your own body. Yeah and not having it be like well this is right this is wrong and i'm a vegan and i don't eat this and i don't do dairy and i don't well you know like it's all about you find what works for you yeah and, and be okay and be okay trying stuff and sort of riding a wave and sometimes you know latching onto something for too long like um you know okay i want to and want to be a vegan and all that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. If it doesn't feel good, you know, to not eat meat at certain particular time because your iron levels are low or something like that, maybe being okay with having a little bit of that sometimes 
or something like that, but we're so rigid. Yeah, it's and I mean, and not yeah, to bring so veganism set. also is an ethical thing. So I mean, I, I definitely understand that as well. But I just mean like, no, I don't do dairy. I don't do gluten. Like having those rigid rules with yourself, especially with your own consumption. Like we just yep. talked about, you know, like what you consume is really important. Like having these hard rules on yourself all the time is. Yeah, stressful. it's just like, you, are you constantly gonna want to eat something that you like that you? It's just like it's good for me. It's like when you're a kid, like you're eating your vegetables. It's like it's good for me, but this, this fucking sucks. I don't want to eat it. It's like different when you're a kid because you don't know any better. But if I'm not hungry, like why the fuck am I gonna force food down my that's right. down my yeah, that's down my throat because I have to hit a certain number for the day? It just doesn't make any fucking sense. And for yeah, like and for general health is is different than your your extremes right like there's mm -hmm. always specific goals there's always sports like i've worked with athletes over the year as well and their goals are different and that's just it seems that that's where a lot of our um basis of knowledge comes from is the extremes mm -hmm. we're not looking at we're, the always, majority. Comparing. we're yeah. always comparing yeah and we're not looking at the you know majority of us that are just living healthy lives mm -hmm. and trying to you know show up good we're looking at these like, ufc the, fighters or these gymnasts and, and it's just like how do i look like that well jesus christ most of the time mm -hmm. first of all they're genetically superior mm -hmm. like they're in that you know the basketball player has it in his genetics to be seven feet tall mm -hmm. or this the a running back in the nfl has genetically naturally massive quads so mm -hmm. he can pump through a tackle or a, a, a famous gymnast, an Olympic gold medal gymnast has, because of her genetics, more flexible bones or a lower center of gravity. Like we can't compare ourselves to these genetically superior beings in their in their regard. Well, and that's well, where the data is coming. Well, of from course, it because is. they have they have money and means, and yeah. they're studying things for a purpose. Of course, it is. But to compare so it's yourself, data coming from that. And then trying to apply. But that's it unrealistic. To, it's completely unrealistic. Yeah. And, and it, I think it does more harm than anything. Mm -hmm. Like, I'm not gonna, like, I could work out every day, two days or two hours a day for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. And there's no way that I will have a physique or strength of an Olympic bodybuilder because I do not have the genetics. I will reach a very certain, you know, a certain point where I'm in fantastic shape and great, cool, cool, cool. But as long as we're comparing ourselves to like this is what this is what the standard is, mm -hmm. this is what the standard for fit is, or mm -hmm. this is what the standard for big biceps or for a strong core or whatever it is, like it can't be the extreme. Mm -hmm. That doesn't make any fucking sense. It doesn't encourage people to uh, to really put the effort in, especially the people that are at the higher risk, like obese people. Mm -hmm. It's not very encouraging to see like. Like look at someone who has got a fucking eight pack and seven percent body fat. Mm -hmm. Be like, well, you have to look like this. It's like, fuck, nobody fucking looks like that. Why would I bother trying? Mm -hmm. um, so coming back to food, what do you think the biggest problem is um, leading and causing um, weight gain and obesity in, oh, in the world today? Yeah. Really? I do. I think that. I think. I think addiction. I think. Um, uh, on you know, I think overprocessed food. I think that there's. I think sugar is addictive. Mm -hmm. um, I think well, it's been no processed sugar. Like it's, it's there's studies now. Like we know it's addictive. Addictive, yeah. Like um, it's it's your body treats it like a drug. Like mm -hmm. it craves it until it gets it. It has it. You have your high. You get your insulin spike. Your crash. 
and then the process starts all over again. It's mm-hmm. a fucking drug. Yeah. It is a drug. And I think that that's yeah. I think that that's the basis for it's it. Processed stre- food. I think stress too. I mm-hmm. think our you know our, the way our lifestyles have gone. I think yeah. I think depression. I think it's another means uh, to escape. That's been my own experience when I've gained weight. Is it's it's an escape. Mm-hmm. It's, you know. It's so it's so prevalent. It's so everywhere. It's so easily accessible, yet it's so fucking unhealthy. And I mean, it was funny. Like I talked about this. Like, have you ever? Have you ever sat down with somebody that hasn't hasn't talked about like oh you know I'm like such a, su- a sucker for this food or this food mm-hmm. or somebody that have you ever sat down and someone has been like you know what I lead a really balanced life and I eat completely balanced and I feel really good all the time fucking nobody I've had, I've been around people that say that but generally they're full of shit <laughs> but people struggle people struggle with food well everyone's got everyone's everyone's got their weakness I just thought it was funny that. Um, they shut, you know, shutting down gyms, which are so important for mental health and physical health, and shutting down indoor dining, which is a massive amounts of job loss and a lot of depression because a lot of people that go out there go to bars alone because it's, that's how they socialize. You know, they have their bartender they see a couple days a week. They shoot the shit. It keeps them grounded. It's it's really good for their for their mental health. But you know, fucking McDonald's is open. Oh. Burger King is open. All the garbage is open. That is essentially feeding addictions mm-hmm. and adding to unhealthy bodies. Mm-hmm. And in, unhealthy in, a time, in a time of extreme, extreme in a time, extreme. yeah, exactly. When we're going to be reaching for those things the most, yeah. It's yeah. It's just it's 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 ass backwards for me. Mm-hmm. So last topic we're going to talk about, and I want to, this is the, the nitty gritty we're going to get into because this is uh, the real deeper subject or a real deeper topic of this, um, of this subject on this episode. There's a guy I follow on Instagram and his Instagram is, is swole enormous. He's this Jack bearded Viking looking guy who's very opinionated. Uh, it's, it's called fitness without the bullshit. And he's very anti obesity. I don't think he's anti-fat. He comes off as kind of a dick, much like I do in a lot of respects, but I don't think he's anti-fat people. I think he's anti-obesity. And the point that he is making, which I agree a little bit with, is that it's at the point now where you can't call someone fat, which I don't think you should. I think that's fucking mean, but people are offended when you call them unhealthy and people are glorifying unhealthy lifestyles and I really do agree with that so I'm going to play you a little clip of one of his things and then Pamela and I are gonna are gonna discuss it and it there is power in taking up space there is power in challenging social norms if I hear any of this fat acceptance shit anymore there is power in being fat and daring to exist you mean daring to stuff your fat face with fucking food and not exercise why is there power in being fat and daring to exist there's no power in it you're just flaunting your disease oh my god you're yelling at me because i'm fat look you could be fat if you want to no one's trying to hunt and kill fat people you're doing that yourself there is power in taking up space so he's kind of a dick but i get some of the points he's making and 
once again, I will say like, I don't think it's cool to fucking call someone fat. Like it's just mean. Like it is mean. Um, but when people are proud or they seem to be flaunting like an unhealthy, like a definitely an unhealthy lifestyle. I just, I don't agree with it. I don't think it's right. Now, Pamela has her views on this mm-hmm. and her, her ways of navigating this conversation. So I want to turn it over to someone um, who has an educated opinion on this subject. And what do you think about that? I think that if we are going to, and we've said it earlier in the episode, we talked about food being addiction. Mm-hmm. So I think for me, um, with addiction and someone who's, you know, like I've gained a lot of weight post bodybuilding shows. Like I've been in that world. Right. And it's, if we're going to treat it like an addiction, I'm going to want to approach that with some empathy. Mm-hmm. So I don't, I don't know that anyone is glorifying an unhealthy lifestyle. Mm-hmm. I think that, um, a lot of this came from, and I'm, I will disclaim too that. Like, I mean, I'm, I'm not, fully aware of all of the aspects of the body positive movement. Mm-hmm. Um, but I remember a time when, you know, people were kind of freaking out because every model was, you know, tiny, tiny, tiny. Well, most thin. of them still are like, right. It's, it's and I think that I, really I feel like that's where this came from. I don't know if it's glorifying an unhealthy lifestyle, mm-hmm. but I think it's people looking for acceptance mm-hmm. and that I'm a fan of. Um, and I think that, you know, there is tons of really lean people and mm-hmm. smaller people that are super unhealthy as Absolutely. well, right? Like Absolutely. there's, you know, there was such a, um, you know, stigma with models for a long time and smoking and drug use and things like that. And there's just so many different facets of unhealthy. We glorify skinny all the time and yep. there's health risks associated with that. Yep. Um, right. So I just, I think that if a, you know people are looking for acceptance i'm gonna meet them there mm-hmm. and i you know I, I mentioned this a couple times like i think that change comes from acceptance mm-hmm. so if you're a person that is in a surplus or an excess of body fat and you're not feeling good and you are feeling the ramifications of the health risks mm-hmm. and you want to make a change it comes from acceptance mm-hmm. and it comes from you know like a place of love so I'm all for that. And I don't know, I don't see it as glorifying unhealthy lifestyles. I see it as someone looking for acceptance mm-hmm. and I'm, and I'm going to meet people there. And I think that there's a glorification of unhealthy lifestyles all over the place, mm-hmm. not just with, um, obesity. Well, I think I, you're, you're completely right. You're completely right. And I mean, before we started recording, um, just now I made that point where I, consider this what's going on to be a lot like commercials for smoking Mm -hmm. in you know the 50s 60s and 70s where it was like look at me like i'm smoking like it's 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 cool it's okay it's great it's really fucking unhealthy Mm -hmm. and then you're seeing these these campaigns or people blowing up the internet saying like, you know, like you can't call me fat. You can't call me fat. I'm big. I'm beautiful. I'm big. I'm beautiful. And I agree. I, you know, I, all different sizes and shapes are beautiful. Does that mean that you are healthy suspect? And that's, that's the point that I agree with, with this guy is 
I will be happy to accept you no matter what size and shape you are. But if you are unhealthy, I will not commend you on that. I will not back you up and I will not support you. And I mean, that's not to but say- But what if like, so So what if, Johnny, what if, what if I still smoked? Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, are you, you know, are you gonna call me out unhealthy every time you see me and like, you know, right? Like, is it the same thing? I think it, well, I think it is the same thing. Mm-hmm. I don't, yeah, I it don't is, disagree. It, it, is, it is the same yeah. thing. It's just mm-hmm. like, it's, 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 it's not attractive. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it's like, oh my God, well, that's, that's so, that's so shallow. I know, but I'm saying, oh my God, that's so shallow. It's just because I would like to consider myself someone who is somewhat healthy. Like I smoke weed, I eat like garbage, but I do enjoy physical activity. Um, I do, um, I'm a little bit careful about my vices and all that kind of shit, not to go over the part in any form of my health, not just physical, but mental health, not to go too deep down the rabbit hole in anything that could cause me harm. Um, the point I'm trying to make is that I'm not going to support someone for doing something unhealthy. Just like I'm not going to, if like one of my good friends or a lover is smoking cigarettes, I'm not going to be like, fucking yeah, good for you, Dave. You fucking smoke that cigarette. Just like someone who is, who is quote unquote obese and like, like, yes, like love myself, love all that shit. I'm going to commend you for who you are, but you're unhealthy. Like you're unhealthy. Yeah. Like you shouldn't be proud of not being healthy. That's why I equate it to smoking cigarettes in the cigarette commercials. Cause it's just like, it's flaunting something or it's promoting something that is unfucking healthy. And that's, that's my opinion on it. But, but I don't, um, I don't see. Yeah. I mean, I, I you know, I, yeah, I agree with aspects of that too, but I don't see anyone looking for anyone to tell them that they're healthy they just want to be accepted for what they look like this is two different conversations i will like i agree with you i agree with you but i think people are so defensive now well, and so like the people are so quick to be triggered on most things yeah. that if it is if it begins to go that way it's like i'm not i don't want to i know i'm going to pull you aside or i don't want to you think that i don't love you I think you're amazing, but I, I think we should be talking about your health. Mm-hmm. And if it's talking about your hate, it's like, you can't like, no, this is amazing. You think I'm fat. You think I'm disgusting. Like, whoa, 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 whoa. No, no, no. This is actually about your health. It's not about your physical fucking appearance. Appearance. It's actually about your underlying internal health. Mm-hmm. But people get so defensive or back up to a wall about it mm-hmm. that they just automatically lash back out. Mm-hmm. And I will agree with you. I think really it did start as acceptance people of all different shapes and sizes, sizes because there was they deserve a, there to was be a one size always of all course. the time and of people course. wanted diversity yeah it's like yes everyone deserves acceptance mm-hmm. but unhealthiness mm-hmm. or uh, like a, a disease like it, it's, it doesn't necessarily need to be accepted it should be studied and altered and made into something healthy like there are people who are always trying to cure diseases. Like this is, you know, a lot of obese people are addicted to sugar or addicted to horrible foods. That's a disease. That's an addiction. We should be looking at helping them or helping them want to help themselves mm-hmm. as opposed to saying, fuck it, let YOLO, let them live their lives, let them enjoy it. It was like, well, no, 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 that's not healthy. They should not be enjoying it. But when we start to have that conversation, it's like, you can't tell people how to live. You can't tell them what to do. It's like, I understand that. But you're not fucking healthy. Mm-hmm. So stop saying everything's a-okay when it's not. Mm-hmm. And I think that's like that's how it has evolved and how it has been, you know, obese has been weaponized and all that kind mm-hmm. of shit. It's just 
it it it, it frustrates me. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's a good cut. That was a good cut. We're keeping that one. Okay. Well, after all that, (laughs) (laughs) now we get to the fun point. We get to story time. It's always my favorite part of the show. So I figured this week, because we were talking so much about about food and not even, we're not going to talk about addiction, but we'll talk about, you know, everyone has foods growing up that remind them of their youth or that it's that feel good food. Everyone knows what feel good food is. Um, For me, growing up, like the food that made me feel a certain way, feel a type of way was always, my grandma used to make a turkey pie. And every Thanksgiving we'd have the family dinner. And it was, I was never a huge, I still am not, I'm I'm a huge fan of turkey. I think turkey's dry for the most part, unless I smother it in gravy. Or cranberry sauce. Like I'm not a I'm not a turkey fan. But my grandmother after Thanksgiving would hand pick all the remaining like meat off of the off of the bones. And then she would make turkey pies. So like shredded, like hand shredded turkey and like gravy. And I think there was peas and I'm not sure what else. What did she put? There was just love. There was love in it. <laughs> And she would make these turkey pies and like, you know, the expression, like it tastes like a hug, mm-hmm. like these pies, Food is feeling. oh yeah. my God, these turkey pies, it got to, it got so bad that my brother and I would fight over them. We would fight over them or just hog the pies. Like it would be for the family. Mike and I would take a third each and then the other three people in the family mom dad and jen would have to share a third of a pie it got so bad that my grandma would have to make mike and i each our own pie and then like okay there was pies for the family like, we had to have our own turkey pies because they were that fucking good and it's just it was one of those meals i'll never forget growing up that it's just like i couldn't i couldn't live without like it was it was literally that's when you know that food is a drug Oh yeah. Because it just, you felt this blanket of warmth over you every time you took a fucking bite. What were, um, like, what, like, did you have any, I'm sure you had foods like that growing up. Oh tell yeah. Me, tell me a story. Tell me a story. Well, whenever, when I was bodybuilding, you would be going these extended periods of time without eating those warm, fuzzy, awesome mm-hmm. foods, right? Like you would- Carbs. <laughs> right. So, um, like whenever, you know, you did a show and you, you, everybody kind of knew when you were doing it because- um, that's all you talked about and you're super into yourself, but, um, people would always make stuff, you know, for afterwards or mm. someone would want to have you over for dinner or, you know, so I was doing some competing in the, in the States and, um, I always wanted after shows, my grandmother used to make this banana bread. It was so... <sighs> <sighs> fucking banana bread. And grandma made banana bread. Grandma made banana bread. Uh. But gra- so grandma has past right and so you know my parents were supportive of every silly thing I did like Mm -hmm. from you know bodybuilding to you know dressing up in ridiculous things as a kid and Mm -hmm. like they just supported everything I did so they They were were, team Pamela they were so team team Pamela Pamela, and they always have been and they've been to they went to every show I ever did 
And I mean, it's, it's bodybuilding. Like, good. you come out in a little bikini and kind of start your stuff. But still, it goes like, back to the beginning. They're yeah. supportive. You need, it's good Amazing. to be supportive of, of your athletic pursuits or all your hobbies. So yeah, good. and they were, they were there. And so um, we talked a lot. Like, they were around when I was, like, prepping the food. And then, oh, like, I can't, you know, this is wild. And um, so my mom would, you know, ask if I wanted anything after the show. You know, like, do you want to go for dinner? Do you want, you know. And I hadn't thought about it in years. But you're in a pretty depleted state, right? Mm-hmm. Like with bodybuilding, all the you've got food fantasies going on and like mm-hmm. all kinds of stuff. And I'm like, I want Nana's bread. Yeah. <laughs> I want Nana's banana bread. And she dug the recipe out. She made a whole loaf, uh, and I froze it and took it to the states, and you know, ate, ate the entire loaf. I bet you were in tears. tears. Oh yeah, like, yeah. Just in tears. <laughs> this is so good. Mm-hmm. I missed you so much. Yeah. It's so it's so funny that. Uh, I mean, it's, it's funny because we talked about it at the beginning of the episode. It's like, it, it's it's an addiction. It is a drug. And it's completely understandable. Yeah. It's completely understandable. It's it's when it's the super unhealthy shit, like your big gulp from 7-Eleven and fucking super greasy pizza pockets. Like, when that's your feel-good, that's a fucking problem. Yeah. When it's the, it's the feel-good food that you grew up with, like that home-cooked stuff. Mm-hmm. It's just, it, it really hits you. It really hits you different. Mm-hmm. And especially, I think there's that big thing when it's grandma's. Oh, yeah. Because grandma's just, oh. everything, they, they could pour you a bowl of cereal mm-hmm. and it would taste it's different. <laughs> it would it would fucking taste different. Because yes. it's just, they, they, they just, they're surrounded by a layer, by a thick layer of love. Yeah. So anything they touch, especially your food, just gets enveloped, enveloped <laughs> with love. That's right. Um... There was my growing up when I was living in Ottawa. My best friend lived across the street. It was Dylan McFall, my best friend up until I don't know, 13, 14, right across the street. And his mom, Joan, she would make chocolate chip cookies and whatever her recipe was whatever she did there was those cookies that no matter if they were an hour old or a week old they were soft oh yeah and they were soft and for whatever for somehow somehow the chocolate chips would always be melty (laughs) like they were they'd be cold yeah they'd be cold (laughs) but it'd be soft soft cookie and melted chocolate chip like doesn't make any fucking sense Magic. So it's the it love. Is. It's, it's the, the love. love. Yeah. It's the love. And to this day, to this day, I've had many a cookie. <laughs> and I have never had a chocolate chip cookie quite like Joni's. Like that's mm. that's another one of those foods that's just like it's that fucking love. Mm-hmm. You, you can taste the love. It's ta- it's just crumbling off of it. Oh, it's so fucking good. Yeah, my grandmother had a way with peanut butter cookies. And she had, yeah, like, it's like you said, the love. Like, she used to make me a peanut butter and banana sandwich mm-hmm. when I came home from school. That mm-hmm. was my snack when mm-hmm. I came home from school. And it was probably, and the, best, it was probably the best fucking snack to ever. To this day, any time, like, if I'm, you know, exhausted or super stressed out or if I'm hungover, like, I'm yeah. like, I need a peanut butter and banana sandwich. Yeah. And I make it, and it does not taste the same. It's, yeah. It does not. It's like, okay. Yeah. Like, it's good, but it's, like, not that way. Yeah. Like, it's it's missing it's missing that it's missing that certain thing. Mm-hmm. When we were growing up at the cottage, um, or even at home, like my dad, my dad's not like he's he's a morning person, 
But he's the type of person that, you know, for the first hour, hour and a half, he's awake. Just don't fucking talk to him. Just let him. He's very quiet in the morning. He does, he's in his mode, does his thing, doesn't talk. My dad doesn't talk much to begin with. My dad's kind of a quiet guy. But he would make breakfast in the morning. And at the cottage, like I remember always having, we'd have toasted tomato and, uh, like toast, tomato and mayonnaise on bread. Well, the toast was the bread. Yeah. Um, and then a little bit of salt and pepper. So it was toasted tomato and mayonnaise sandwiches. Mm-hmm. It's a very French Canadian thing. Mm-hmm. And when my dad would make them, it was like the bread was always toasted perfectly. The tomatoes were sliced perfectly. It was a perfect amount of mayonnaise, perfect amount of salt <laughs> and pepper. And it's just like, before you put something into your mouth, you like you just feel, you already the, feel they're it. already watering. Yeah. And it's like, oh my God, it'll be so good. Mm-hmm. So it's so funny how you associate certain emotions with, with with food like it's wild yeah and a strong it's like wild. look at how worked up you're getting yeah, like, both like, of us yeah. are getting so worked up talking it's about it like such such a connection and people people that are like oh i don't get food porn i don't get why people post their food on instagram i'm like we love it yeah. like we love it it's, it's like people are like people will say that they're not thinking about that one food growing up that makes yes. them lose their minds yeah. and then when they realize like oh i get it like oh yeah i know what, <laughs> i know what that's like my mom one more last one last one then then you do one more and then we're fucking done we could talk about this all fucking day we talk about food forever oh yeah exactly Especially like this yeah like, not the mechanics of food no just the, the fun the, the feel good yes. the feel good um i talked i talked about this on the yo mama episode but i'll talk about it again because it's that fucking good um my mom, because she's, my mom was never like a super extravagant cook. She never went outside the box. Like she would do recipes. She never got too crazy or creative, but mom made good food. Mom knows how to make good food. Um, so those Campbell soups, like you'd have the recipes on the back and like the recipes you could try. And then one of the recipes was a cream of mushroom lasagna, like use cream of mushroom soup and then use it to make a lasagna. And that's, um, that's another one of those foods that's only mom can make. Like if I remember having a bad day and my mom's like, what are you like? Well, how can I help? Like cream mushroom lasagna, please. <laughs> I'm in my like twenties. Like, I really, I really <laughs> like cream mushroom lasagna, mom. Like, oh man. It's that feel good food. It just makes you, makes you feel all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. Give me one more. I know you got one more. Yeah. So I got one more. Oh, what have we got? I think it's just dad's roast beef. Yeah. You know, like it's dad, simple. Yeah. It's great. It's yeah. He does a marvelous job. It's always cooked perfectly. Mm-hmm. I love it. He just doesn't even, he doesn't even read a recipe or anything. Oh it's no. Just, he's got it. Right? He's spent it yeah. so many fucking times. It's programmed into his brain. Oh yeah. Those are the best. Yeah. When you know that there's no recipe involved, it's just like how many times you made this? I don't know. 5,000 times. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's in, it's in their brain. Those are always the best meals. But yeah, we could we could talk about food all day. So we're gonna we're gonna end it here. So Pamela, thank you very much for coming by. This well, was uh, this was a you. lot of fun. Yeah, thank you for having me. You know I'm such a big fan, and I think yeah. that you are a gift to humanity. Thank you. I just like entertaining. I like edutaining. Educating. Edutaining. Edutaining. You know is education and entertainment kind of mixed together. I like to edutain people. Whether you agree with me or not, at least hopefully you have a good fucking time and learn something. If not from me, then from my guests. <laughs> um, so thank you again uh, for coming by. I would love to have you on again sometime. 
when the when the stars line up like, yes. that'd be that'd be fantastic to have you back we can discuss i'd love to hear more about your your bodybuilding days just because i've always been curious about that world so maybe we can do an episode on that would love to that'd be a lot of fun so folks that brings us to the end of the episode this week this was chewing the fat i am your host as you know johnny hope you have a lovely night uh and we will see you guys again next week <laughs>